Happy feast day of St. Francis de Sales. Pray for us. St. Francis de Sales is the uh, author of the Introduction to the Devout Life. Amen. My name is Jesse Romero. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady, and, and you, I'm back. Hey, I'm glad you're back, Brother Jess. Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. And just today's show, you picked some great articles. Again, it's a confrontation of good and evil. I mean, I love that because that's what I, we're built for, battle, yeah, spiritual exactly. battle. Yep. The first title topic you're gonna co- we're going to cover is how USA, you know, the newspaper, is trying to claim that pedophilia is just misunderstood. It's okay. And, you know, we got to get used to it. It's got to be mainstream. <laughs> Wrong. Another one, Jess, this is right in my backyard at the Union Pacific Railroads where people are just stealing stuff out of those carts. And, they, and the government there of the L.A. City a district attorney saying, hey, that's not a problem. We won't pr- prosecute those people. And they're threatening to leave Los Angeles. I don't blame them. If I can't live and work, I'm going to leave too. Just force me. Also, Jesse, finally, CDC finally admits natural immunity is far superior to the jab. Well, welcome that they're catching up to science. <laughs> and also for the good news department, Jess, surprise move in Ireland. The prime minister announces most COVID restrictions will be lifted. Thanks be to God. And I got some more good news. Uh, also in, in, Eng- in England, Boris. Oh, yeah, Morris, I mentioned uh, that last week. Yeah. It, we talked about the England uh, and Spain. And they're ca- everybody's you know, realizing, and, and there's more articles showing how we've been duped. We're, it's all coming out. And this is going to be, Jesse, in my humble opinion, in time, they're going to say the people of this age were the most ignorant people. They, they, they bought into something that was all done on fear. Terry, I'll, I'll just have to def- defend half of us. Half of us knew it was fake from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. But again, these guys hold all the – they control the House, the, the White House, the executive. They control all branches of, of, of the government. And so I'd say 50% of us yeah. have known all along that this is a scamdemic, a control, plandemic. Baby. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. The virus is real. We've been I, I, I've had it. Yep. It put me on my back for two weeks, the China virus. But what I'm saying is everything else about the mass, six feet apart, all of that is just political. It's just to control the people to prepare us for socialism. Amen. And, and we've got more good news we'll tell you a little later in the show. But just let's get the best good news. We call it soul food, the gospel of the day. Absolutely. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Gospel of Mark, chapter 3 and following. The scribes, those are lawyers, by the way, Jewish lawyers, who had come from Jerusalem, said of Jesus, he is possessed by Beelzebul. By the way, Beelzebul, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name, is one of the five generals under Satan. And by the prince of demons, he drives out demons. So notice, that's the accusation. They're saying that Jesus Christ is, uh, is, 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 di- is possessed, that he's diabolically influenced, and that's why he performs miracles by the power of the devil. That's what they're saying. Bl- utter blasphemy. It continues. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. What, stop there. Why does Jesus speak to people in parables? Dr. Scott Hahn says it's a Hebrew idiomatic expression that when the authority gets corrupt, becomes corrupt, 
the prophets start speaking to uh, to the authority in parables. Terry, I think you and I should go in front of the uh, White House and start speaking to them in parables. <laughs> That's funny, Jesse. Okay. Hey, Jess, can I interrupt? I'm just glad you're back. We're having this great conversation. I missed it last week. Keep going, brother. I'm listening. Okay. So, <clears throat> our Lord says, how can Satan drive out Satan mm-hmm. if a kingdom is divided against itself? Yeah. That kingdom cannot stand. Right. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. Close quote. Notice what Jesus is saying. Mm-hmm. The devil comes to sow division, to destroy and, to, and sow division. That's what he's been doing since the, since the, since the Garden of Eden. Yeah. <clears throat> the Bible says... No one can enter a strong man's house. By the way, the strong man is a reference to Satan. No one can enter a strong man's house, that's Satan, reference to him, to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The only sin that cannot be forgiven is mentioned right here in today's gospel. It's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The catechism defines that as the sin of final impenitence. Mm -hmm. In other words, the person's heart is so hardened like Pharaoh that he refuses to to repent terry that reminds me uh, about somebody who refused to repent the father of of modernism in the catholic church mm-hmm. I, I, you've uh, heard of him because i've heard a lot of the consent tapes that you have sure his name is uh father Al, albert loisi loisi mm-hmm. he uh he was excommunicated by pope saint Pius x uh the catholic encyclopedia says he's the father of modern day modernism in the Roman Catholic Church, he's the one that started teaching <coughs> biblical criticism mm-hmm. that just went off the rails. Well, here's again, final impenitence. Most people don't realize Father Alfred Luizzi, who died in, uh, he was excommunicated in 1908. I think he died in 1910. Uh, right before he died, again, he was the founder of modernism and biblical criticism in the Catholic Church. Wow. He, they said he was the most articulate defender of modernism. <laughs> when he was dying, he was approached by a priest at the end of his life for the last rites and reconciliation with the church. And you know what Father Alfred Luizzi said right before he died when they wanted to give him a sacrament of confession? <laughs> he it. said this. He said this. He said he snapped back. He goes, what? <laughs> Reconcile to the Church of Rome? Oh my God. To Pius X? A man more stupid and embarrassing than the cure of ours? Wow. No way. And he died right after Sad. So, so again, um, in case people are wondering, everybody goes to heaven. No, that's called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit with Father Alfred Luizzi, the way he died. Final impenitence. He refused to surrender his will to God and repent. Terry? Jesse, I just bring back a story 35 years ago when I was in a hospital. I saw a man, and I can still see his image in my mind because it scared the you-know-what out of me. He was blaspheming God with his fist and saying blasphemous things in his last breaths of air. And, man, I got—I was like uh, my, my World War II buddy who I was visiting who 
was in the hospital, said, let me out of here. I don't want to be in a room like that. This guy is just, you know, really um, uh, screaming at God and, and, and cussing God out with his last breath of air. Man, I'll never wow. forget that. So it, it really does make an impression on people when you hear these stories. Jess, before we get, uh, before we, I just want to mention something about St. Francis de Sales. You mentioned the introduction to devout life. We actually put it on cassette tape, and uh, people should listen to that book. It's a classic book for the lay apostolate. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the things that that book will do for you is give you a really good balance on your spiritual life. So uh, I would encourage you to Google uh, Introduction Introduction to Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. Also, Jess, I started doing this. uh, Every day is dedicated to a certain aspect of our faith. And I'm going to remind everybody, Monday is the day for souls in purgatory. Tomorrow's guardian angels. So I'm going to go on every day and telling you, okay, today is the souls in purgatory. Pray for those souls and your relatives and friends and godparents on Mondays. Just put it as part of your holy habit. Just like you say your morning prayers, specifically, you you can do this every day, obviously. But on Monday, the church is dedicating Monday to the souls in purgatory. All right, let's bring. We can't. We're gonna bring the smartest guy into the room, but our our, our we're having some electronic problems. So I'll just bring in Bishop Sheen and say full Sheen ahead. Jesse, this is something that I think all of us have related to in our life, and that is a spiritual prophet. He says, "The greatest spiritual prophet comes from loving those who hate us, mm. from giving gifts and dinners to those who cannot give anything in return, <clears throat> for then recompense will be made." in the kingdom of heaven. And just real quick, I met a man once who was running a, uh, was with my brother, Dick, who died of brain cancer. And by golly, when my, when they found out that my brother had brain cancer, he was the manager. And so uh, he took all the money from the bank fund. He trusted, my brother trusted him and he stole about $20,000 and it ruined the, the business. And about uh, three or four years later, I ran into that man at Skid Row. We were feeding the, the homeless once a week down there in 1982 and he saw me, and I was able to give him a big hug and forgive him. And he was homeless? He was homeless? He was homeless. He spent all the money. Yeah, he was an alcoholic, Jess. Wow. But here's that, wow. that thing gave me such uh, peace because I could meet him and forgive him for what he did to my brother. And I thought— it Basically broke his piggy bank. Yeah, he broke his piggy bank, and then he died of brain cancer. The business went fell, well, belly up. But the point of it is wow. uh, that he didn't know what to do when he saw me. I saw that he was scared. Yeah, he's homeless. He's got, you know, he's, he's living on the street and he sees me, who he knew who I was. The point I'm trying to convey to you is forgiveness is essential as a Christian. We just have to forgive. It's easy said, hard to do. But, Amen. But just when we come back from the break, I know we don't, we're not having uh, some technical problems. Uh, Mr. Engineer's going to let me know, but I think there's about 45 seconds, I, 30 seconds. I want to just remind people, when we come back, we're going to be talking about a topic called pedophilia. And, and how the world is telling everyone, you're being misunderstood. It's okay. Just like they did with homosexuality, <laughs> uh, just what they did with um, divorce. All these moral issues that Christianity teaches, they're going to try and undermine. When we come back, we'll have more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us. A little bit of good news here. Did you know that Pope Francis has officially declared St. Irenaeus of Leones as the 37th doctor yep. of the church. Praise God. Doctor of the church doesn't mean you got a liberal PhD from Georgetown, okay? <laughs> a doctor of the church is a title in heaven of somebody, of a saint, yep. 
whose, uh, whose life demonstrated heroic virtue and whose writings and understanding of God, theology, scripture, and prayer has broken the glass ceiling, has taken the Catholic Church to newer heights of understanding. He's the Doctor of Unity, the second century bishop. He's revered both by Catholics and Orthodox uh, and because uh, he tried to follow the Master's lead in John 17, uh, that they may all be one, as you and me and I in you. St. Irenaeus, pray for us. And Mary, J- Jesse, your yeah. good news stories I love, because people have to be built up in these times. Now, the Polish government announces a pro-family policies to boost fertility rates to assist parents. This is uh, going on in, like, uh, different—even Russia's doing this. Um, we're finding out that they're giving more tax deductions for families with four or more kids— and they really see the birth rate. It's at 1.45. It's, uh, it's replacement, but uh, they want to have more children so that their country can survive. And we're seeing this all over the world where people, uh, they're, they're not having replacement children and their, their population is dwindling. And it's just a matter of time before they, uh, you know, expire, like in Japan. There's just, they've been losing so much. So this is good news that, co- I should say, Catholic countries are pushing benefits for those who have large families. Jesse, this is a USA, this is the topic, man. This is brutal. USA Today, this is that newspaper that's been around for decades, uh, claiming that pedophilia is misunderstood. Jesse, tell us, what the heck are they meaning if it's misunderstood? Pedophilia is not only attraction, but it's also uh, sexual uh, encounters with minors. Yeah, it's adults having sexual intimacy with minors which obviously goes against natural law that's right and it goes against divine positive law so the usa today this leftist rag has been skewered rightfully so for for an article claiming pedophilia is misunderstood the newspaper got caught red-handed so they deleted the tweet and they changed the headline after being accused of attempting to normalize pedophilia which is exactly what they're trying to do Mm mm-hmm USA Today was lambasted for publishing an article framing pedophilia as misunderstood. Swift backlash caused the publication to delete the tweets promoting the article, which was originally titled, quote, what the public keeps getting wrong about pedophilia, uh, close quote. Uh, Then they edited the title to, quote, the complicated research behind pedophilia, close quote. Terry, I remember, I remember about 20 years ago, Pope Benedict warned us that the, left, that the left would seek to normalize pedophilia. Yep. About 20 years ago, guess what? We are here. We, we have arrived at the lowest base form of diabolical disorientation. <laughs> the article says, Jesse, USA Today. Jesse, let me yeah. interrupt you because you quoted Pope Benedict. This man was prophetic. You remember when his Jesus of Nazareth book, he even said this, <clears throat> that uh, this idea that if I told you uh, about homosexuality, and I told you that that was morally wrong, you know, 40 years ago, everybody would say, so, okay, well, so what? And now when I say that homosexuality is against God's laws, I'm accused of being a bigot. He said, that's how far we've gone. So this is just the next step. There's no taboos in, in a culture that's all about me. Go ahead, Jess. Absolutely. So, Listen to the verbal engineering in this uh, fr- yeah, from, from USA Today. USA Today's national correspondent, yeah. Al- Aliyah Dastagir, wrote this, quote, Researchers who study pale of pedophilia say the term describes an attraction, not an action, and using it interchangeably with abuse fuels misperceptions. Garbage. I want, yeah, pure garbage. Listen to another leftist on the topic. 
psychologist Anna Salter, who argues this, quote, there are the people who are sexually attracted to children, and then there are some who molest kids who are not pedophiles. Wrong. That's the definition of a pedophile. Mm -hmm. They molest kids because of anger. They molest kids because they're scared of adult women. They molest kids to get revenge, but they don't actually have an age preference for prepubescent children. Again, that's another bold-faced lie. Here's another sexual pervert with a PhD, James Cantor, clinical psychologist, sex researcher. As soon as they have sex researcher, I dismiss anything they have to say. That's That's a junk degree that comes from the Freemasons. He's the former editor-in-chief of Sexual Abuse, a journal of research and treatment. In 2018, uh, James Cantor advocated for pedophilia to be labeled as a sexual preference and be included in the LGBTQ plus collective. James Cantor, the psychologist, also tweeted the following quote. Speaking as a gay man, okay, here he comes out. I believe we should include the pedophilias. To, uh, to do otherwise is to betray the principles that give us our rights. So this homosexual man is saying pedophilia should be part of, these, of this whole LGBT rights push. And if you notice, Jesse, he says our, our rights, give us our rights. He forgets everything about God. Our rights don't come from us. You don't have a right, Jesse, that you don't get from God. In other words, God is the author of life. God gives us our rights, not man. And what's happened is all of this is all about my. I want to have my pleasure. I want to have it when I want it. Who with who with uh, whoever I want to have it with. There's no limitations. And I just think that it's time for us to stand up and say no. You're wrong, and proclaim the gospel teaching on our sexuality that is according to the Bible and the Catholic Church. Yeah, every single article that we talk about yeah. on this show, yeah. it's people either have a biblical worldview, yeah, or they either have or. a se- uh, uh, they have a secular humanist right. worldview. That's it. That's it. it you everything it. we talk about every day. Terry and myself have a Roman Catholic biblical worldview based on sacred tradition as well. But non-believers have a secular humanist what's in it for me worldview. Everything we talk about, this is the way society breaks down. That's why John the Apostles calls the the two teams on planet Earth the sons of Satan and the sons of God. This, this article also cites another demented leftist called Alan Walker. Mm-hmm. He's an assistant professor of sociology and criminal justice. <clears throat> professor Walker was placed on administrative leave on November 16th after referring to pedophiles as minor attracted people, or they're trying to use a new word, maps. And so on the topic of minor attracted people, Alan Walker claimed there's no morality or immorality attached to attraction to anyone because no one can control who they're attracted to at all. In other words, it's not who we're attracted to that's either okay or not. It's our behavior and corresponding to that attraction that are okay or not. Uh, Walker's bio states that the assistant professor is a, quote, white, queer, non-binary, trans person <laughs> with, with pronouns of they, them. Uh, Walker, who, who's been told to leave the old Dominion University in May because of this controversy, He said in his resignation statement the following, quote, My scholarship aims to prevent child sexual abuse. That research was mischaracterized by some in the media and online, partly on the basis of my trans identity. And also today, USA Today shared the the article on Twitter with with the caption, quote, We think we know what a pedophile is, 
there's a lot we're misunderstanding. Again, Terry, yeah. they're trying to oh, they're yeah. just trying to normalize it as best they can using academics, guys with PhDs, you know, guys that are scientists and doctors. Uh, uh, just once again, our medical community and scientific community has been hijacked by the left right now. Well, Jesse, this is the playbook they use to try and get homosexuality as being normal. Same thing. They're, they're, this is their approach. They take the media and they try and convince people. I saw statistics out of people who now believe you know, pedophilia is okay. I've seen the statistics about homosexuality. It should be le- legitimized. And they're making progress. You know why, Jess, in my opinion? Because we don't have a good biblical worldview as Christians. We've bought into the worldview, like you just said. I mean, look at the LGBT Catholic official stage mass coming out in Germany just this week. And the guy's saying, look, I'm tired of hiding. I don't want to hide my sexual identity more anymore, the priest said. He said, uh, everybody should just accept me because I'm God's child too. See, they, they're trying to get us to buy into immorality, what we call sin. And this is the problem. We don't have a sense of what sin is anymore. We, we're, we're buying into the worldview that says, if it feels good, it must be good. And they're wrong. And uh, pedophilia is also, it's probably bigger right now in Hollywood than any other oh, place. big time. I remember years ago, actor Corey Feldman, yeah. he was interviewed by ABC News of all, of all news outlets. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. ABC News ran the story that actor Corey Feldman, he was a child actor. He started acting at the age of three uh, with a McDonald's ad. That's how, how long he's been in the business. But he said it's the, pedophilia is the number one problem for child stars in Hollywood. He said that contributed to the suicide, the death of his friend Corey Heim, uh, who was the co-star of the Lost Boys, uh, uh, Lost Boys series, another child actor. He said these Hollywood moguls just groom these young kids uh, so that you can get the, the particular parts. You have to go to the casting couch. And Terry, it's also interesting when you consider the number of child stars yes. who have gone from Disney into rehabs, yeah. uh, you know, they have DUIs, yeah. meth problems, cocaine problems, heroin problems, all these as child celebrities with all these major psychological sinful issues. And I want to recommend, Jesse, that people open up their catechism of the Catholic Church. Last week, we did a little section, a segment on the sacrament of matrimony. What does the church actually teach? And this should really solidify your position about sexuality when you have a grasp of what our Catholic Church teaches about uh, matrimony. And so it's um, paragraph 1601. It starts, and just read the whole section. A little at a time, because you need to be a high-information Catholic. You can't be just some low-information Catholic that says, well, uh, I guess it's okay. No! Arm yourself with the truth. Yeah. Terry, these guys are trying to redefine pedophilia, these academics. They're trying to say... Well, you know what? Here's what one academic says, one of these leftists. Mm -hmm. says, a pedophile is an adult who is sexually attracted to children, but not all pedophiles abuse kids. And some people who sexually abuse kids are not pedophiles. That's that's a wrong definition. Absolutely. A pedophile is not only one who's attracted to children, but also abuses, sexually abuse. That's the definition. Just like... 
A man who rapes a woman is called a rapist. Or, or a woman who sells her body for sex is a prostitute. That's the way it goes. Or, or an adult male who sexually abuses kids, he's called a pedophile. And guess what? And uh, according to the Lord Jesus Christ, yep. pedophiles are, are going to have a special place in hell right there if the they don't repent, right. confess with contrition, and amend their life. They will have a special place in hell, Jesus says, for these people that molest children. It's better for you to tie on a hundred pound rock on your neck yep. and jump off a bridge into the ocean than for Jesus to get his hands on you. It's in Matthew chapter 18. And that's why, Jesse, you're acting very charitable to help people understand what the truth is, because without the truth, you're lost. Jess, when we come back from our break, I'm just going to mention something about the thousands of people marching um, in Washington, D.C. against the forced vaccinations. And uh, they're, they're, they're saying, look, we got to stop this. And also, this top Union Pacific official blasts far-left politics over the crisis of favory that's going on in the railroad houses down there. And the carts are getting, uh, uh, being stolen. All kinds of stuff is getting done. And the government, which we call the L.A. City, the, the uh, government's saying, yeah, we're not going to prosecute these guys. They're, they're, they're okay. That's not the problem. You guys uh, are the problem. And what's happening, Jesse, as you know, people are leaving states. They're re leaving states that are so liberal that they won't prosecute people for bad behavior. And people are saying, businesses are saying, wait, we can't operate under that. And I think uh, this is the case, and we'll talk more about that when we come back. Also, don't forget, this is the week, the final week before the Spiritual Warfare Conference. If you still want to watch it, you can go to vmpr.org and sign up to watch it online, and you'll have recordings forever on that uh, by calling 877-526-2151 or sign up at vmpr.org. More when we come back with the Terry and Jesse show. Stay with us. Yes, we've got a uh, another article here that you picked out uh, regarding just a crime. What's going on with crime out in downtown L.A. with the uh, railroad cars? Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, Terry, uh, the governor, Gavin Newsom, has really made a mess of the state mm -hmm. of California sure. and also the and also the city. Mm -hmm. So a top official with Union Pacific, yeah. that's the railroad station, yeah. the railroad in, uh, enterprise. They revealed last week that the company, Union Pacific, is actually thinking of moving its rail operations from Los Angeles County unless law enforcement stops thieves from raiding shipping containers. Yep. Uh, there's a, these videos that are going viral, and they're showing how thieves are pillaging through shipping containers in the infamous Lincoln Heights neighborhood. Yep. Tens of thousands of destroyed packages are littered in the area around the railroad tracks. All I could say is good luck getting your UPS or your FedEx packet if you live in Southern California. So what are the details? Adrian Guerrero, General Director of Public Affairs, he sent a letter to L.A. County D.A. George Gascon, a, uh, a George Soros-funded D.A. Yep. And uh, Adrian Guerrero is demanding his office stop the spiraling crisis of organized and opportunistic criminal rail theft. Uh, Adrian Guerrero, the General Director of Public Affairs for the uh, Union Pacific, he's revealed that over 90 containers are compromised per day. That means broken That's into amazing. and stolen. Not, you know how big a container a is? Man, a day. Yeah. He says since December 2020, 
Union Pacific has experienced an over 160% increase in criminal rail theft in L.A. County. In several months during that period, the increase from the previous year surpassed 200%. In October 2021 alone, the increase was 356% more thievery over compared to one year before. Uh, Adrian Guerrero, the general director of of the Union Pacific, He's explained that the far-left criminal justice policies have exacerbated the problems and have emboldened the criminals. He says, not only do these dramatic increases represent retail product thefts, they include increased assaults and armed robberies of UP employees performing their duties moving the trains. Wow. He said, criminals are caught, arrested, turned over to local authorities for booking, arraigned before the local courts. Charges are reduced to a misdemeanor or petty offense, and the criminal is released after paying a nominal fee. Jesse, let me jump in. Who's responsible? Is it the district of attorney, George Gaston? Is he making those decisions for letting these guys off? Who is it? Yeah, George Gaston, uh, the, the DA. He's a top cop of L.A. County. He's the one that uh, he's the one that modifies and 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 puts out policy as to you know. What bail should be for this crime? What bail should be for that crime? George Gascon is to blame for all of this. And I'm telling you, L.A. County residents are paying a price for it. Big time. Uh, According to Adrian Guerrero, he says says that uh, the Union Pacific, they're contemplating serious changes to our operating plans to avoid even going into L.A. County. Can you imagine? Yeah. The whole train, avoid L.A. County. Yep. Guerrero said that that such a drastic change would significantly impact the national supply chain. Guerrero went on to say that Union Pacific understands the well-intended social justice goals of Gascon, but demanded that he hold these criminals accountable. Of course. Well, how did, Gas- how did DA Gascon respond? Yeah. In response, Gascon's office claimed they're committed to ensuring the safety of Los Angeles County infrastructure. In a statement, the office also said many cases are not prosecuted due to insufficient evidence. They also said some cases presented by our, to our office by the Union Pacific have been filed, such as burglary and grand theft, while others have been declined due to insufficient evidence. We make charging decisions based on the evidence. That's all bull twinkies. Yeah, they're... they make it. They all make it based on politics, Terry. Yep, that's exactly right. He says uh, Guerrero explained. In his letter to Gascon, that despite over 100 criminals that have been arrested while actively vandalizing trains, Union Pacific has not been contacted for any court proceedings on any of those 100 cases. So what are they doing? They're not prosecuting anybody. But you know what, Jesse? I don't mind to be a conspiracy guy, but we just talked about a conspiracy about COVID. That's another topic that now... Uh, is not a conspiracy theory. It's fact. I think the facts on this Gaston guy is he was put in to bring all kinds of chaos into uh, the the uh, the process of who's going to get prosecuted and who's not to basically make a uh, very confusing and 
basically undermining any kind of authority and starting to reward bad behavior so that people are going to be like, there's chaos, so what do we got to do? Well, we got to replace this. We got to have a reset. I think Gaston is part of the reset program. Now, that's an accusation, but I'm basing it on why doesn't he just do what all of his predecessors do? When someone steals something, they get prosecuted and and they get paid uh, they pen- they get penalized for it rather than giving them a reward for bad behavior. That's my take. <clears throat> Terry, I can't even imagine Terrible. say you you order something through yeah. Uh, yeah, through UPS and, or yeah. FedEx. Sure. Terry. Didn't come. Thousands and thousands of people yeah. are not getting their product. But this is this is making life not uh, uh, being able to have normal life. So what in my opinion, Jesse, this is all. Now I could be wrong, okay? But this is all about the plot to re- have a re- reset of our country. We're not operating right. These guys are undermining the uh, normal life of citizens, and they don't really care, and they're not going to change until we kick them out, and we need to kick them out. Yes, because what the Great Reset is basically the implementation of communism. Yep. If you can bring so much anarchy into Western civilization, into society— then people are going to are going to scream we want more government we want more protection put the national guard out there and this way by by bringing chaos and anarchy into society and allowing it to happen people are going to scream for more government we need government protection and this is exactly what they're trying to do terry they're trying to they're trying to uh wet the ground uh to implement socialism on a, on a large scale here in the united states He's not the only bad prosecutor. Manhattan's got another poor oh, yeah. Soros prosecutor. Yeah. yeah, his name's Alvin Bragg. He's another guy who's not he's not seeking prison sentences for most offenses. He's downgrading most felony charges, uh, you know, it, it, to misdemeanors, it, it, which includes armed robberies and drug dealing. Uh, and his his office says that uh, you know about the only thing that we're going to prosecute are homicides and a, another handful of other cases. So Terry, we got bad prosecutors that uh, that uh, George Soros has put in in New York and Los Angeles, and good people are paying a price for it. Yes, he. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this you remember the book Rules for Radical Sarolinsky? Mm-hmm. It was dedicated to the devil. It seems like this is a playbook to bring mass confusion in, so that they can replace it with another system of their own called communism. That's yeah. Now, that's an extreme point that I'm making, but it's it's very clear in my mind this is all geared to bring confusion and chaos in our culture. Yep, this is uh, the, the, the consequences of, uh, of not keeping the Fatima message. We're living, we're living the consequences of failing to heed the Fatima message from popes all the way down to lay people. Everybody's to blame, and this is the... This is the uh, infiltration and the uh, and the growth of communism in the West again because uh, we just haven't done our part. Let's talk about lay Catholics. How many people pray the Rosary every day? Yeah. How many people try to do the first five Saturdays? Of, you know, at least once a year. Uh, if if you haven't done those things, then you have nothing to complain about. Yeah. Because you're part of the problem. Terry, also, uh, your governor Gavin Newsom. Yeah. He was trying to take photo ops. He came down to Los Angeles. He had some gloves, some work gloves. He had a a, a baseball cap, <laughs> and he was cleaning up the thousands of delivery boxes that were th- you know that were strewn along the L.A. railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's taking pictures and stuff. And people are saying, "Wow, look at the governor! He really cares about L.A." As I looked at those pictures, Terry, on the internet, on YouTube, the uh, 
Los Angeles, the Union Pacific Station there in uh, Lincoln Heights, it looks like a third world country. Yep. It, it, and uh, it's, you could just see it's dangerous. You got homeless people just walking around literally like zombies. It's dangerous. Not, not for me, you know. Not, for most guys, I'll just you know push them on the push them away from me. And, yeah. You know, get you know. But for women, oh, man, if I was a woman, I would be nowhere near no. downtown Los Angeles. Oh, here. Uh, Jesse, I was just there in the summer, and I told you how bad it is. I, it was just like um, a scene in a, 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 a Calcutta, India, where people are just laying in tents on the side of the street. I, I'll just be honest with you. The, I mean, a, a lady jumped up on my roof, undressed herself, and started dancing in front of me out of the street at 12 noon. I mean, this is how bad it is. It's Sodom and Gomorrah, and the police are just doing their, They're there, but they, they, they don't do anything because why? They're told to stand down. This is wrong, and it needs to stop, and more people need to be, you know, adjusting to uh, the uh, these 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 politicians and saying we're going to get rid of you. We're going to pray the Fatima message for peace because right now chaos is so bad. I would not go into downtown LA and I'm a man, Jesse. I don't want to see that stuff. That's Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm done with that. Terry, you even told me that your daughter drove you a while back over to downtown LA for something. Yeah, a, a, a homeless person yeah. jumped in the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she was with you. She was yeah, with she you, was right? With me. Yeah. Yeah. Just I've seen so much bad stuff, Jesse. People are so bad right now. Are you ready, folks? They start dressing, undressing themselves in public, and they're on drugs, right, in public. I see this. So I don't, like I say, stay where you're at. Don't come to California. And even, yeah. you know. The, the L.A. Police Protective League. They told you not. They, they put out a statement. They said, if you don't live here, don't come over here to visit. Don't come as a tourist. Yep. We cannot protect you. We don't have the manpower to protect you. Please don't come to That's L.A. Right. County. And I'm with them. Hey, Jesse, conspiracy theory. Oh, what is it? That... Uh, about COVID, wait, now it's a fact. CDC is catching up with the science. When we come back, we'll talk about that. They finally admitted that natural immunity is far superior to jabbed immunity alone. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Yeah. Let me give you some good news real quick. <laughs> I love it. Many Hispanics, Terry, are red-pilling around the country yeah. uh, over, over unelected President Joe Biden. Why do I say that? There's a new Quinnyac University poll that clocks uh, unelected Biden's job approval rating at a new low of 33%, down three points from last November. And the new poll found that 53% disapprove of the job the president is doing. But check this out. The poll also found that just 28% of Hispanics approved of Biden's performance suggesting that there's a continued political realignment between the two major parties heading into the 2022 elections. Hispanics are jumping ship by the tens of thousands. Thanks be to God. Uh, yeah, into the Republican Party. I and Jesse, another about. good news story, since this is our Roe versus Wade time, and please God, uh, the Knights of Columbus donated their 1,500 ultrasound a machine helping save tens of thousands of babies from abortion. We know that about 8 out of 10 women who see their baby in the ultrasound machine uh, will save, will, will keep their baby. So this is important work that the Knights are doing. And I also might add, again, all the people who have been praying for the end of abortion, pray in June. That's when we're going to find the Supreme Court making that decision. And it looks like, please, with your prayers, 
that we can finally have uh, Roe versus Wade reversed. And think about what Texas just did in these last couple months. Tens of thousands of babies now were born because they were able to get rid of the abortion uh, laws in Texas. Think of those children 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that are, in, uh, that are citizens. This is really uh, something that an unselfish culture is coming out with and trying to stop the killing of innocent life. And we have the selfish culture that says, I just want to have pleasure, and kids are a burden. Uh, we don't want children. And, of course, when they die, they could care less about the next generation. But we do. We care enough to have our posterity turned, uh, passed on to our grandchildren. And that's where the rubber really meets the, the road. And so I want that's to encourage right. people to continue to pray to end abortion. And uh, let's talk as much as we can about saving unborn lives. And, and – uh... Terry, finally, finally, the Center for Disease Control. Wow, that's your conspiracy, Romero, Barber, yeah. cut it out. Yeah, this really? totally, this totally politicized medical exactly. branch of the government. They finally Got the believe message. in science. Yeah. They finally accept science, and now they're admitting that natural immunity is far superior to the jabbed immunity alone. Yep. The CDC has finally woken up what, what many of us knew all along. Of course, it's science. That natural immunity from prior COVID infection is superior to vaccinated immunity. I remember the first person that told me this was Anita. My, my wife was a re retired <laughs> nurse. She goes, that's nursing 101. She goes, I learned that my first year exactly. of nursing school. That, that natural immunity is, is far better than, 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 a, than a vaccination. So the CDC was forced to break its silence on natural immunity on Wednesday after releasing a study called COVID-19 Cases and Hospitalizations. Uh, it, it was, uh, the findings were reluctantly reported by uh, an agency of France called Press, one of Facebook's pro-Big Pharma fact-checkers, who I don't trust. They said the following. During America's last surge of the coronavirus dr driven by the Delta variant, People who were unvaccinated but survived COVID were better protected than those who were vaccinated and not previously infected. And so the findings, the finding is the latest to weigh in on a debate on relative strengths of natural versus vaccine acquired immunity against SARS-CoV-2. Yep. But comes this time with the imprimatur of the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Also, BeckerNews.com reports that vaccination is still the best strategy to prevent COVID hospitalizations and deaths, but only for people who don't have natural immunity yeah. from prior infections. And by early October 2021, <clears throat> persons who survived a previous infection had lower case rates than persons who were vaccinated alone. Yeah. And if you dig further you get a clearer picture of how vaccinated immunity and natural immunity stack up. Across the entire study period, persons with vaccine and infection-derived immunity had much lower rates of hospitalization compared with those in unvaccinated persons. These results suggest that vaccination protects against COVID-19 and related hospitalizations and that surviving a previous infection protects against a reinfection. Importantly, infection-derived protection was greater 
after the highly transmissible Delta variant became predominant, coinciding with early declining of vaccine-induced immunity in many persons. So the public health agency has allowed the American people to believe in the false argument That's right. that natural immunity does not work against COVID-19, which is a lie. But when you break down the numbers, their own numbers, you see that natural immunity from prior infection in both the vaccinated and unvaccinated populations is potent protection against COVID. So my question is, why does the CDC lie and contradict themselves constantly? Why? Follow the money. Because they're receiving big money from the globalist elites. And they will say whatever the, uh, the the globalist elites tell them to say, as long as it's got a nice couple of uh, zeros after their name. Jesse, if we would have had common sense, Bill, as G.K. Chesson says, common sense ain't that common, to fighting this infection that we had and keep everything open and deal with people who are high-risk people, like elderly people, people who are like 400 pounds that should be 200 pounds, you know, uh, diabetes people, all these people— that are in, that are potential problems for them, and then the people who are healthy, like myself or yourself, and we didn't stop uh, the uh, their businesses, and so many people can still pay their rent. They didn't lose their houses. We just had a situation today where we had a, a guy. Um, yeah, we paid his rent because he was. Um, uh, yeah, he lost his job. So COVID is a. Um, uh, how many people are dead because? We approach this whole thing in the wrong approach, and uh, there's a lot of people not only dead but not in their own home or they, they've been kicked out of their apartment because their work wasn't there for them. They couldn't have income. So this is really uh, coming out now, Jesse, not just the vaccine, but this whole thing is going to come out. In a couple months, I'm going to make a prediction that uh, we're going to be like other countries in Europe, whether it's England or Spain or now Ireland, and say, okay, we, we can go back to normal life. Um, we're not going to make the uh, make you still uh, get a vaccine. And we were wrong. But the point of it is, is this is uh, there's there's another agenda. You say, follow the money. Who made I think we have to figure out who was benefiting from all of this and then ask ourselves what's going on here, because I think people are finally opening up right now to realize that it's just not true. And tomorrow, Jesse, you you saw it, a six minute video of telling people, why do people go along with all this because of fear? And how do we overcome fear is the answer that I want to bring up for tomorrow's show. But this is just, again, a major problem in our culture. We're being bamboozled by a government that uh, really isn't telling us the truth. Let's just be honest. I think, uh, you know, in history, mm-hmm. in, a few, in, in, in a few short years, we're going to have been the generation— we're going to be the laughing stock in oh, yeah, that's because, true. because we're going to be the generation that swallowed this lie hook, line and sinker. That's right. And, and uh, there was no science behind it. This was simply medical tyrants, medical dictators who want to implement communism into our, into our country, into the West and destroy Christianity. They want to reduce the population through abortion, contraception, global warming. These guys are atheists. They hate God. They hate religion. Uh, they don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe in freedom of the press or religion. They want to control all speech. Heck, they even want to control your thoughts. That's right. 
th- this is what's happening right now. We're living under the scenario of a brave new world. Mm-hmm. The similarities between that book, A Brave New World, and our time, yeah. it's disturbing and it's chilling. This is a power grab by the globalist, Harry. And that's why, again, everybody, turn your eyes on Jesus Christ. Put your trust in only Jesus Christ, okay? I only I say this, Jesse, the perennial teachings of the church, the deposit of faith, study your faith right now because you can be scared by what's happening right now or you could be trusting in our Lord with your prayers and your sacrifices and live in the state of grace because that's really the answer to all of our problems. Because you know what? As, as our buddy used to say, oh, he used to say, uh, he used to say this. I wrote it down here. He says, um, uh, he said this, that the only worst thing they can do is take my life. That's the worst thing they can do. If I'm living in the state of grace, I go to heaven. So I want to make sure that we stay our focus on the eyes of Jesus Christ and our blessed mother and stay focused on living in that state of grace because that's what really matters ultimately. Here's the problem, Terry. Too many people, I'm talking about Catholics as well. Yeah. They stare at the un- at, at Satan's tabernacle for five, six hours a day. Of course. And I'm calling that the television. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. I have a television, too. Mm-hmm. I probably watch about an hour a night. Mm-hmm. Guess what I watch on it? Church Militant Evening News. Mm-hmm. I don't miss that. Okay? Right. I may watch a little bit of Newsmax, maybe. Uh, maybe a, maybe a, a Tucker. I, I'm very limited to what I watch there. But I watch my Church Militant Evening News every night. Too many Catholics, Terry are just staring at that box, which that 95% of the media is owned by six billionaires. Yep. These are, it's, it's, it's basically pure Pravda propaganda, and it's pure brainwashing. And we got Americans and Catholics staring at that Satan's tabernacle for six, seven, eight hours a night. You, you, we need to be spending more time in prayer in front of a crucifix or the Blessed Sacrament than in front of our television. Well said. And Jess, you're coming... Yeah, one minute left we got, but I just want to remind to tell all our listeners, this weekend we will have our spiritual warfare conference going on, and it's I've been sold out for eight weeks, but you can still watch it on your internet by going to vmpr.org or calling 877-526-2151 to register. There's still room for internet users. And, and Jesse, I just want to say thanks. It was great having you back, and tomorrow... We're going to play something that's going to really surprise a lot of people because it's really what happened to Germany, what happened in other parts of the world when a government comes in and scares people to say, you got to do this now, even though people know that it's not right to do, people will do it. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow and much, much more. Jess, uh, can you just uh, give us a little, I've got maybe 30 seconds, the final thought. I always ask you, what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. What keeps me sane and sober is to know that God's in control. God has the last word. When you look at Psalm chapter 2, verse 4, it says that God looks down from heaven and laughs at evildoers. (laughs) Terry, take it away. God bless you. We'll see you next time. God love you.